Are you a guilty gossiper? Wait till I tell you or come here till I tell you. Or it's like, oh my God, I'll see your phone. That's when you know it's big gossip. Well, according to recent research, if you're Irish, then the answer is probably yes. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody I told you that. Now, please don't promise me, promise me. Swear in the Bible you won't tell anybody. In fact, the average Irish person spends 52 minutes a day gossiping. I'm half Swedish and it's so true. Swedish people are so ungossipy compared to us. We're just, we're just bold. And though much of it is harmless. The bitchiness of men shocks me every day. I know more about his friends than me own at this stage. Some gossip can be damaging. I grew up in an all-girls school and I thought it was very much just a lot of gossip. Just a lot of negativity, to be honest, and it actually ended up making me leave the school. Particularly when office gossip makes it out of the group chat. One girl was acting out and she shouldn't have been acting out. And my friend had sent me an email saying, listen, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. And I responded saying, no, no, it's completely unacceptable. And I think we have to call her out on this. And lo and behold, didn't I send it to the girl? I don't know how it happened. So why do we continue to gossip when we know its negative consequences? And how can we avoid rumour leading to our demise? What's interesting about the word gossip itself is that it's an English word that comes from Old English. Katie Charlwood is a historian and host of the podcast, Who Did What Now? So this comes from the Old English god, um, meaning god, and sib, meaning kin or relative. The god sib would be someone who would be invited in to witness the birth of a child. So back in the Middle Ages... Um, The laying in was with a period of time before the baby would be born and a person who was trusted would be brought in. By 1755, the term gossip was defined by Dr. Johnson's Dictionary as one who runs about tattling like women at a lying in. So, idle talk. Even today, the term denotes speech and conversation of a frivolous nature. But according to leading anthropologists, gossip to the survival of our species was anything but. The original idea that I had was that actually this was the origins of language. Robin Dunbar is the professor of evolutionary psychology at the University of Oxford. And he's also the author of Grooming, Gossip and the Evolution of Language. Our monkey and ape cousins bond their relationships with each other by social grooming. So leafing through the fur and the fur triggers chemicals in the brain, which create this sense of warmth, coziness and trust. You cannot groom with others, or cuddle or uh, snuggle up with more than one other person at a time. So this rather limits the size of groups you can go around in. And that sets a group size of about 50 people, whereas our sort of typical village size in the past is about 150 people only but still that's way above so how do we bond this much bigger group together and the suggestion i made was well that's why language evolved it allowed us to sort of create these bonded relationships malicious gossip is a natural next step because the important thing it can do is allow the community to act as its own policeman. You know, people can say, did you hear about what Seamus was up to on Saturday night again? And and that then allows you to bring social codes of the community, the kind of informal rules of behaviour which allow things to work reasonably um, efficiently. Though gossip in itself has been at times a punishable offence. Gossip also led to punishments, which is where things like the scold's bridle came into play. And that again was in the 17th century. It's effectively this muzzle 
a cage muzzle that would go over the head of a person, typically a woman. It was also known as the witch's bridle and the gossip's bridle. So this muzzle cage would be placed over the head with a metal plate with spikes on it, which would enter into the mouth so that the tongue could not move, so that a woman would not be able to talk and therefore share any more information. Katie Charlwood says gossip has played a varied and important role throughout history. Gossip before the word even came into usage was an important factor in ancient Greece. So when they were having meetings of the Senate in Athens, they would take gossip and rumour very much into consideration because what information was going around about you was, was very relevant to the construct of your character. So when we get to the 13th century in Ireland, gossip was used to condemn the very first woman who was condemned of witchcraft, which is Alice Kittler. Several of her husbands had passed away, granted in suspicious circumstances, but she was a a moneylender and woman of power. And these rumours spread and spread until she was effectively chased out of the country. And a lot of the witch trials actually started like this, skipping forward to the French Revolution. Gossip was utilised by the peasantry. So fashion changes in order to stop the spread of pamphlets. What would have been the pockets in women's clothing, which would have been large enough to hold these pamphlets, they would be removed in order to stop the spread of this information, as if people would not just talk to one another. And so the news was spread that way. They resorted back to gossip. For better or worse, in the 21st century, gossip has gone digital. I've sent a voice note about someone to the person. <laughs> a moment of absent-mindedness can, can really damage your relationships. Sophie Lyons, who you just heard, and Clara Kavanagh are hosts of the podcast House of Gossip. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to say this without being too incriminating. I was close to a situation where there was a secret girlfriend and it was how everybody who knew what and who knew what when and how it all came out and the the ripple effects of that on a group lasted like maybe a year or two. Clara and Sophie's weekly podcast usually focuses on the celebrity juice du jour. I suppose sometimes your day-to-day can be you get up, you get your coffee, you go to work, you come back, you go to the gym. So if you're talking about celebrity gossip and potentially just amongst your social groups, it gives you something that lifts you out of your day-to-day. And if you're talking like, let's say, a cheating scandal, I mean, a lot of people have been cheated on. It doesn't feel great. When you see something along the lines of like Adam Levine from Maroon 5, him cheating on Patty Prinsley. Why would you cheat on her? Victoria's Secret model. She seems like really good crack. She loves concerts. She loves music. She's stunning. That was like a real dose of like, oh my goodness, anyone can be cheated on. So, I mean, I think you feel a lot more in the know when you gossip um, and it gives you a nice sense of reality. Clara and Sophie have their own ideas on why Irish people make for champion gossip mongers. We love a cup of tea and we love a chat. And I don't think Irish people like confrontation. Other European countries like the Scandies, Dutch, Germans, and then like Australians, 
it's much more built into their like culture and society. They'll say it to your face and they really, especially I think Aussies from my experience, really don't like gossiping. And like if they've got a problem with you, they'll just have that confrontation. And also we're artists. So again, going back to fairy tales and stained glass windows and paintings, they're seen as forms of gossip and passing along information. And we've been doing that since, since the break of dawn. I think that's kind of a big aspect of why Irish people might be seen as loving gossip. It's a form of art, Sarah. <laughs> I think Irish people are great talkers, but the problem with being a great talker is we also like to fill the space and we're not great with silences. And we, most people will say a two-second silence is a silence. An Irish person says that's an awkward silence. Often, if there's too many silences, we feel we have to fill it with something we probably shouldn't say. CEO of FutureWise, Peter Cosgrove, says the festive season is peak gossip ground in workplaces across the country. Gossip really is happening after the Christmas party. People maybe go out and are enjoying themselves too much, maybe have spent all year slightly annoyed with somebody and after a few drinks, this is time to actually tell them. The second thing is that at Christmas parties, people can actually be themselves and other people can actually take that the wrong way. Oh my God, did you see what Peter was like? He was all over the place. And you go, well, maybe that was just him having fun. But people can actually just feel like they want to gossip about these things as well because they see you in a different light. If you are going to get involved in the annual Christmas rumour mill, Peter says, keep it offline. Yeah, the old phrase used to be when we just had email, don't write any email that you'd be worried if it appeared in the front page of the Irish Times or something like that. Nowadays, it's not email, it's Slack, it's Teams, it's social media, it's chat boards, it's WhatsApp. I may not say the corporate's name, but in professional services firm, there was uh, certain professional service firms rating graduates when they're coming in out of 10. And that went from uh, an internal thing that was seen as funny, which clearly wasn't, but it ended up in people getting fired when it went outside the company. And there would be many examples of that. And this is the view that people say, I'm here with four of my colleagues and sure nobody will take offense to this and we're just having a laugh. But you never know what people's own views are on things. And they might have one view with you, but they might actually just be plumossing you, but they actually may not like that. And they might go, you know what, this isn't right. I'm going to report it to someone else. <laughs> 